unidentifiable flying object. The UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? you're all doing well good to see you welcome back to another episode of ufo no the shepherd uh, the show that separates science fact from science fiction yeah we're doing a little less of that today today is episode 69 peeps it's episode 69 and i can tell you right now it's gonna be a dirty one it's gonna be a dirty one how can i not i'm super immature how can I not? Episode 69 comes along and uh, somebody said to me, so what are you going to do for episode 69? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I told somebody at one point, oh, well, maybe I'll do an episode on energy, yin and yang. But then <laughs> my primate brain got the better of me and I was like, oh, wait, dude, no wait, We got to do sex. We got to do something sex, something dirty. Right? So that's what we're doing. We're doing something dirty. Guess what we're talking about? Peeps, we're talking about it's all about alien on human fucking. Riding the flagpole. Getting some stanky on the hang down. Pounding the punani pavement. Testing the suspension. Mingling limbs. Buttering the biscuit. Making whoopee. That's right. And as you can imagine, there are people who claim to have had sex with aliens. People claim to have been abducted all the time by aliens, so <laughs> why not? Why not claim to have sex with an alien? And some of them even having a name for this alien that you had sex with, which that's on a whole nother level. So anyways, it's going to be a good one. I'm really, really excited. But before we get too far along, folks, want to thank everybody very much uh once again if you've been following along from the beginning not once again i'm saying it for the first time god damn it if you've been following along from the beginning thank you very much if this is your first episode man you're in for a doozy i say that every time because every single one of them it's pretty fun uh but this one once again alien fucking it's gonna be a good one anyways before we get too far make sure uh if you like what we do and how we do it give us a like Give us a review wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Spotify, you can literally, without getting out of the episode, go right up there, give a five-star review. Thank you very much. Hit the five stars. That's all it takes. Um, and be sure to share the episode with your friends. really helps a lot. Anyways, let's get on to it now. Alien Sex, October 16th, 1957. 23-year-old Brazilian farmer Antonio Via Boas was working at night to avoid the hot temperatures plowing fields near Sao Francisco de Sales when he saw what he described as a red star in the night sky. The star came down towards him until it was so close that he could see it was a circular or egg-shaped craft with a red light at its front and a rotating arched roof on top. The craft landed in the field extending three legs as in landing gear. According to him, when he tried to escape the area on his tractor, its lights and engine died only after only going a short distance, so he ran on foot. I'm no farmer or mechanic 
or generally mechanically inclined in any way. But if I'm not mistaken, how fucking fast is a 1950s tractor? Why are you why are you relying on that as a getaway vehicle? Not smart, man. Not smart. Either way, regardless, he was captured by tall humanoid wearing gray overalls and a helmet. Now that is a very interesting fact, the uh, the the uh, gray overalls and a helmet because that's the exact same description used by Travis Walton to describe his captors, tall humanoid figures with a glassy helmet wearing blue overalls. Now blue overalls, not gray overalls. So what does that mean? Is that a sign of rank? Is that a sign of species? Could be anything, really. Could be fashion. Could be anything. Assuming that these are factual, of course. Travis Walton, if you haven't heard that one, you got to go check it out. But here's a little rundown. If you're not familiar with it, Travis Walton Encounter, we've talked about it on previous episodes. Go check it out. But the short version is that he was working with a small logging crew that you just finished their day and were headed home all in the same vehicle. There's a movie by, about this, by the way, called Fire in the Sky. Great, great movie. Go check it out. Great movie. Movie embellishes a little bit, you know, fucking Hollywood. Anyways, they were all working, same vehicle, headed home, saw a strange light in the woods, so they went to check it out. When they got closer, the driver stopped, and Travis jumps out. All of his friends are like, oh, what the get it back in. Ran to the light. Turned out to be some kind of craft, and when he approached it, some kind of energy launched him several feet back and unconscious. Driver took off in fear, but then they realized they couldn't just leave him there, so they went back. But then he was gone. Says he was taken into the craft where they did several things to him, not sexual in this case, or so he says. Maybe he's just embarrassed. Anyways, uh, did several things to him, but then was led out by this humanoid being thing. Um, once again, wearing the overalls and the, uh, the coveralls and the helmet. Some interesting things about his case, though, is that he's never changed his story. In case you uh, go back and look, never changed it once. It's incredible. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty legit, I think, if you can hold on to the, uh, the tale that long. But who knows, really? But anyways, some interesting thoughts on uh, he does. He has some interesting thoughts on what happened to him because now he feels as though it was a defense defensive thing that the ship shocked him and zapped him uh and it wasn't intentional and then the aliens felt bad so they beamed him up to fix him up and but then he freaked out and so now uh in fact he talked about this on the jre the the jogan podcast um mentioned that he's over time of thinking about it he thinks that now they were actually trying to help him out anyways go check that out we've done in previous episodes go check out his interview on the jogan podcast travis walton incredible incredible account and uh see that movie fire in the sky it's a great great movie great great movie holds up anyways phenomenal and who knows if it's true or not but i think of all the cases abduction scenarios i've read and heard about this one's holds a lot of weight because once again he's never changed his story and some of what he talks about you know seems seems plausible anyways back to antonio boas so once again sees this craft land in his field as he's plowing (laughs) plowing he's gonna do more plowing uh lands in the field, gets captured by this humanoid creature with gray overalls and a helmet. Uh, Says that the humanoid grabbed him, uh, that the humanoid that grabbed him had small eyes that were blue. And instead of words, speech, talking to him, they made 
noises like barks and yelps. And then three more humanoids came and dragged him inside their craft. Inside, they stripped him off of all of his clothes, covered him from head to toe with a strange gel, clearly lube, some Astra gel. He's going to be used like a dildo. Oh, shit. He's going to become Jabba the Hutt's dildo. That's exactly what it is. A giant. Can you imagine that? A giant space slug. And they capture you. You are the anal probe. Oh, Anyways, he was then led into a large semicircular room through a doorway that had strange red symbols written on it. Yeah, called the fuck room. <laughs> called the shaggin' wagon. Uh, Boas claimed that he was able to memorize these symbols and later reproduce them for investigators. Once again, it said, you get fucked in here. The fuck room. They took samples of Boas's blood from his chin. Why the chin? Somebody with some medical knowledge, let me know. Is there, what is the, why the chin? Is that a good thing? Is that a, is that a thing? Should, if I go to the doctor, should I tell the nurse, hey nurse, take it from my chin. That's the good blood. What does that mean? Why the chin? Anyways, after this, he was taken to a third room and left alone for about a half an hour where he was just pre-funkin', just pre-funkin'. He's got all that lube on him. They probably gave him some molly. He's just sitting there rubbing the chair, you know, just hard as a rock. During this time, some kind of, I told you, some kind of gas was pumped into the room. What did I tell you? Which made Boas become, oh, violently ill. Yeah, violently ill with uh, uh, lust. (laughs) Anyway, shortly after this, Another humanoid came to the room. This one was female, very attractive and naked with a small pointed chin and large blue cat-like features. Their hair on the, the hair on her head was long and white, like a platinum blonde, Mm, but her armpit and what (laughs) her armpit and pubic hair were bright red. So the curtains do not match the drapes. Boa said he was strongly attracted to the woman. She climbed on top of the table and fucked him. Boas noted that the female did not kiss him, but nipped on his chin. Once again, the chin. Why the chin? Now I'm, in, I'm wondering. I'm like, what's the? Di- what does this chick know about the chin that I don't know? What are these? What do these aliens know about the chin? Have we been doing it wrong this whole time? Is there something about the the chin? I don't get it. When it was all over, the female smiled, rubbing her belly. Oh, she's prego and gestured upwards, gestured upwards. Boas took this to mean that she was going to raise their child in space, little cosmic baby. The female seemed relieved that their task was over. <laughs> Yeah, probably because she was fucking a 1950s farmer. And she's a classy space broad. She's probably telling her douchebag dudes, the other crew to abduct a better class of stud, man. (sighs) Look, I dyed my armpits and my pubes just for this abduction. And you're bringing me this farmer. (laughs) 
Boaz said he felt angry because he felt as though he had been little more than a good stallion for the humanoids. <laughs> I think you're giving yourself a little credit, man. All you did was lay there. And I'm just going to say, maybe I'm being insensitive, but I'm just going to say that there are several very bad abduction scenarios where people feel used and very abused. Few of them get a cosmic one night stand left with hurt feelings. Better than a hurt asshole. Am I right? Speaking of which, remember blind Mike folks. We're still trying to get him home. Pray for blind Mike. Get blind Mike before he's anal Boa said they gave him his clothes back, gave him a quick tour of the ship, during which he tried to take a clock-like device as proof, but was caught by the humanoids. <laughs> then they kicked him out. Imagine that. Now imagine, okay, now look. Imagine you have a hookup. You bring somebody home from the bar. <laughs> you, you do the deed. You knock boots, whatever the fuck. You toss the clothes back. Give him a quick tour of the house, the apartment, in which this prick decides to steal a clock? Get the fuck out of here. So he stood there as they left him. I would too. Fuck you, dude, stealing the clock. God damn it. Who are you? Jesus, have some respect. Maybe if he left his phone number... Who knows? Anyways, he stood there watching the glowing ship leave. And when Boas returned home, he discovered that four hours had passed. Damn, boy. That's that zero G stamina. Makes you last forever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. So this next one, I'm just going to read the news article as it is because gang, it's gold. A UK politician claims that he fathered a child with an alien he calls the Cat Queen and that his wife was fuming after finding out about the extraterrestrial affair. Simon Parks, a town councillor from Whitby New or Whitby near North Yorkshire, made the claim in a documentary aired in the UK called Confessions of an Alien Abductee. The 53-year-old told the Whitby Gazette that he had sex with the alien about four times a year, and the couple had a child named Zarka. This guy's a politician, people. Keep that in mind, okay? What will happen is that we'll hold hands, and I'll say, I'm ready. And then the technology, I don't understand, will take us up to the craft orbiting the Earth for a good doing. I added that. I added the good doing. He just says orbiting the earth. C.R. Parks, who has three human children. I fucking love how they are taking this so seriously. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is serious. I don't think so, but maybe it is. But I love that they're taking this so serious that they're, they're establishing that he also has human children. Not saying like, his imaginary child, and then his real children. He has three human children, and that his wife was extremely upset when she found out about his affair. 
that caused a few problems, he said. But it's not on a human level, so I don't see it as wrong. (laughs) C.R. Park said he remembers being visited by aliens as a child. He said his family had been supportive since the documentary aired last week. Yeah, no shit. Money. You're telling me you're not paying off that wife and that those kids? Daddy, daddy, I need $20 so I can do something. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, you haven't gotten the best grades this week. And she's like, remember, daddy, you fucking alien. And he's like, oh, here you go, darling. Go buy yourself something nice. Yeah, fuck you, dad. My family have been around me long enough to know very strange things happen around me. They didn't want to be part of it because it frightens the life out of them. Or maybe you're a freak. Or maybe you're a pathological liar. Or maybe you're a shitty dude. (laughs) I mean, maybe not. He said he didn't believe that his experience should disqualify him from being a local counselor. I'm probably one of the most active members of the town council, attending the meetings and putting across the views of the electorate when I'm not fucking my alien wife. If people can't handle the truth, that's not my problem. Why should I lie? Why, why should you? Why should you lie? You're a politician, you dick. Isn't lying like part of the job description? Fucking Jesus. Hilarious. Hilarious. Hypothetically. Let's say he's not crazy. Or wait, no, let's say he's crazy. Just hypothetically. Let's say he's crazy. Do you think he should be in charge of anything? Maybe not. Now, let's say he's not crazy. That's real. He's cheating on his wife, has an alien baby, and is justifying it because it's alien. That's crazy as fuck in itself. Politicians, man. Politicians. Oh, uh, it's not wrong. It's alien. And I'm an upstanding citizen. I'm just fucking an alien. I love my family. Hey, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying everything so far. If you want to help support the show, there are many ways you can do that. You can follow the link down in the show notes, and that will take you to several links, including our Patreon, where you can listen to the show, which you already are. Thank you very much. You can also leave a review on any of those. You can watch the show slash listen on Rumble. You can also watch slash listen on YouTube. You You can follow the show on Instagram. Stay in touch. You can buy merch as well as you can follow the link to start your own podcast where you will get a $20 gift card and it lets them know that you're supporting the show. Love you all. Thank you so much. Back to the show. And that's it. That's it. I just find this one ridiculous, but hilarious. The fact that the family's basically been, in my opinion, brainwashed to be cool with this or at least in his opinion with the situation for his political career and their family i'm really an upstanding citizen other than my otherworldly affair and love child 
<laughs> weird. Weird, man. That one's weird. I just think it's odd that the family's like just kind of down with him to just be like, yeah, yeah, dead fucks an alien. What are you going to do? All right, now for the ladies. So far, it's been a couple of dudes getting lucky. Let's look at Pamela Stonebrook, jazz singer. Pamela claims that she's had interactions with aliens all her life. But in 1998, her contact experiences took a turn for the erotic. She says she's had three encounters with an extraordinarily sexually talented reptilian alien. This lizard can fuck. The first of these sexy rendezvous started when she woke up to discover she was already mid-coitus with a gorgeous blonde man that she described as a Greek god. She was shocked, but decided she must be having a lucid dream. So what else to do? She doesn't want to be rude. So she closed her eyes, relaxed, enjoying how comfortable she felt with the unknown presence. The horizontal Hulu became more aggressive, as she says, the energy felt totally different. And according to her, the Greek god had morphed into a six-foot-tall reptilian humanoid with a vaguely alligator-like snout and scaly snake-like skin. Ooh, ladies, you dig that? You like that? You like that? A vaguely alligator-shaped snout. Vaguely. Explain to me what the fuck a vaguely alligator-like snout looks like. Vaguely. Well, I mean, he was good-looking, but there was something about him that was like, it it was like almost alligator-like. You know what I mean? Like, he was good-looking, but there was something about him. That just reminded me of an alligator. <laughs> what the fuck? Crazy. <laughs> so it became totally different. The energy, a little bit more aggressive. Now he's an alligator. She realized that she was slamming the ham with a shape-shifting alien. When the entity sensed that she was scared, it simply whispered, We've always been together. We love each other. That's crazy. I feel like I'm going to say that a lot. The telepathic communication she shared with the reptilian was apparently so intense and sensual that she simply surrendered to the intensely enjoyable lizard fuck. She described the reptilian as being sly and slick and as having a playful kind of bad boy attitude. (laughs) What the fuck? The orgasms she experienced as a result were like nothing she'd ever felt before. It was as if the climax extended to every single cell in her body. Damn. Lizard dick. Scaled for her pleasure, huh? Fuck it. Wow. Are you liking this so far? I hope you're digging it. I hope I haven't taken the small amount of women that are in my audience and ran them off with this. I hope not. I hope I hope not. This is all out of love. <laughs> get a love. Alien love. Yeah, get some. Anyways, psychic Stephanie Cohen. 
claims to have repeated consensual sexual relations with a group of extraterrestrials that she refers to as Team Spirit. (laughs) She believes that she has entered their UFO in a spirit form while her physical body is asleep. That's that good shit. That's that good sex, that spirit fucking, you know what I mean? Out of body experience where like, you know, like if you're a ghost, the tales of your ghosts are like intertwined together. You're like, you're like playing footsie with your, uh, your teardrop things, your, uh, the, whatever that's called. Cohen claims to have had sex and physical orgasms from cupping, coupling, coupling, <laughs> With a number of different aliens on planets and other celestial bodies throughout our solar system. According to Cohen, these aliens originate from different planets in the Canis Major System and have a number of different forms, including some that resemble the classic greys of UFO folklore. Others resemble reptiles and cats. All of the Canis major aliens indulge in sex, particularly the cat people. Oh, of course. Of course. Ian. All right, I'm going to. Ian, an octopus man, is one of her closest companions. He stays quite close to me like a spirit boyfriend. Well, not a boyfriend, a good spirit friend. He happens to be from the octopus race. Is that not an imaginary friend? Isn't that isn't that an imaginary friend whether you fuck him or not? Is that not an imaginary friend? That also happens to be an octopus and you could say he's from whatever race you want. Paranormal psychologist Chris French claimed that her experiences were most likely a form of persistent genital arousal disorder, which is rare and usually not enjoyable. Hold on. I don't have this illness, but I'm going to disagree with that statement. Genital arousal disorder. Usually not enjoyable. Full stop. Well, I guess it does say usually. I mean, I guess if you're constantly aroused, where even when you absolutely don't want to be, I I suppose, I suppose, but it just feels so good. I just can't imagine like having an illness where you're like stricken with the, oh, it feels so good all the time and and being like, God damn it, I don't want to feel good right now. Damn it. But I mean, if you got a desk job, if you're talking to people, I don't know. I'm probably being a real insensitive prick. <laughs> you get it? Anyways, all oh, so many innuendos. I just love it. When asked by program host, oh, Jesus, that was the wrong line. Shit. When asked by Holly Willoughby if she was just dreaming. Cohen claimed that dreams were just the alien's way of communicating with those who weren't ready for face-to-face contact, but the aliens were always present and always ready. (laughs) She didn't say always ready. I said that. 
They're not into showing off. They're very reserved in themselves, Cohen explained. They're, how are they reserved if they're invading her dreams and having sex with her? How is that reserved? That's like that's like Freddy Krueger, but dildos for hands instead of the blades. Maybe that maybe even that's not appealing now that I'm thinking about it. Doesn't sound as cool as it sounded when I before I said it. Now that I say it out loud, it still sounds horrifying. Welcome to my world, bitch. Turn it on vibrate. Hmm. <laughs> We've talked before briefly about David Huggins. David Huggins is a painter who claims that uh, beginning at the tender age of six in Hoboken, New Jersey, a lot of alien doings going on in Hoboken. uh, At the age of six, he started being abducted. But at the age of 17... It took a whole new turn, and he started having sex. Lost his virginity to Crescent, an alien-human hybrid. She and David have over 50 hybrid alien children together. Good God! And says the classic greys and insect-like beings are usually watching when they play hide the cannoli. David says he is their stud. They only seem to want him for that purpose. That's basically like the passive aggressive way of saying, I got a big hog. I'm so hung. The aliens want me for their stud, bro. He's accepted his lifelong enslavement as sort of a gift. The gift of alien ass. He feels protected by those beings and claims they have saved his life on more than one occasion. He's genuinely grateful, genuinely grateful for their intrusion into his life. Mm. Surprise alien ass. You know, I here's my thing. I'm going to say it right now. I think the dudes have it better in these situations. I really do. I think... I just think it would be less... Uh, I don't know, maybe less uh, intrusive as a dude than a than a lady. But I'm not a lady, so I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to know what you ladies think about this. I have I'm sure I have zero, zero women left in my audience after this zero. But if I do, Aaron, if you're still with us. Please let me know what you think. I would love to know because, uh, in my opinion, I just think as a dude, like uh, you know, we're we're dudes. We can pretty much fuck anything. Pretty much, most dudes, they're like, man, eh, whatever. You know, we find the love of our lives. We're like, I'm sticking with you. You know, but I'm just saying, like, in general, before that happens, especially when you're seven fucking teen. When you're 17, you'll put your fucking dick in a hole in a wall. A fucking hole in a wall. I'm not speaking from personal preference. I mean, there was this one time with a really sexy wall, but I'm just saying. 
Dudes don't give a fuck about what they fuck. They just fuck. But ladies, ladies, I just, I, you know, maybe it's the myth of a dude. I'm a, I'm a dude, you know, ladies are such a, a mystery to me that I think, oh, no, they would never. But maybe, maybe they would. Maybe they like this shit. I don't know. Let me know. Here's a weird one for you. 1988, Australian Peter Corey alleged that he was lying in bed when he suddenly found himself paralyzed and surrounded by strange alien beings. One of the beings, a tall, thin, golden figure with large black eyes, inserted a needle into the right side of his head, and he blacked out. When he regained consciousness, he rushed into the next room to find his family had been switched off. So, unconscious? That's a weird way, or were they just frozen? When they awoke, they believed that only 10 minutes had passed, but it had actually been several hours, and Corey had a head injury. Four years later, Corey dropped his wife at the train station in the early morning and went back home feeling tired and ill. After dozing off, he woke with a start to find two bizarre-looking naked women in his bed. One woman had a Nordic appearance with light skin and elongated face. There's something to do with these elongated faces. Alligator people, I don't know what's up. A sharp chin, again, and blue eyes that appeared about two or three times bigger than those of a human. The other alien looked like an Asian with dark skin, a page boy haircut. What the fuck is a page boy haircut? The fuck is a page boy haircut? A page boy, a male page, especially in a hotel or attending a bride at a wedding, whatever. That's dumb. And jet black eyes, the Nordic woman who is six feet tall and very strong. You know, that's another thing. Every single one of these guys is a climber. All these women have been tall. Suddenly grabbed Corey's head and forced it to her breast. He tried unsuccessfully to pull away, and in shock, Corey bit down on her nipple. What? Part of it came off in his mouth. What the fuck? And he swallowed it. Ah! That's crazy. Swallowing an alien nipple. God damn it. So... Apparently, this alien lady, after losing part of her nipple, is so surprised by what happened that she wordlessly indicated to the other female being in the room that something had gone amiss. (laughs) Then Corey had a coughing fit. Yeah, he's choking on a nipple. And the women vanished. And then he felt an overwhelming urge to pee. Corey found it difficult to urinate and discovered that there was a fine blonde hair wrapped around his foreskin. Ah! Which he saved in a plastic baggie. Where did he get the baggie? Where'd he get the baggie? You're just telling me there's random plastic baggies laying around in a room that I just, what the fuck? There's too much. 
a ufologist by the name of Bill Chalker claimed to have analyzed the hair type. Look. In these instances, they tend to take these situations to biased people. I'm not saying that this guy, uh, Bill Chalker, ufologist, is not an upstanding gentleman. However, having the title ufologist, doesn't that imply he wants this to be alien? He wants this to be otherworldly? So... Why not take it to a random university where they have nothing, they have no idea what it would be about, and they're going to give you data simply based on what it shows. Whereas potentially, this ufologist could give you evidence that suggests that uh, it is alien. Either way, he concludes that it was from a, quote, a rare Chinese mongoloid, a rare Chinese mongoloid type, one of the rarest human lineages known that lies further from the human mainstream than any other excerpt from African pygmies and aboriginals. He later claimed that it matched DNA from the Lahu people who live in the border regions between China, Thailand, Myanmar, and Laos, which he suggested was linked to UFO hotspots in China's Yunnan province. That's a stretch. You're telling me it can't be a, a random blonde hair? It's It can't possibly be once again. I just think if they'd taken it to a regular university, it may have turned out to be blonde hair from a bimbo as opposed to a, a baboon, Chinese rare Chinese mongoloid type thing. On March, well, that's the end of that one. Terrifying, traumatic, foreskin was involved. God damn it. <laughs> I'm really giving you guys a good one on this one. It's uh, This one's full of what the fuck moments. On March 2nd, 1978, a power failure hit the house of Brazilian Jose Inacio Alvaro who went outside to see what was happening and was among hundreds of witnesses to observe a passing UFO. He described it to Omni magazine as gray colored balls with luminous, lum, luminously, with lumosity. What the fuck? All these words, luminosity, whatever, around the periphery. <laughs> he did not say that. He did not say that. I'm telling you right now, this this guy did not say luminosity and periphery. Okay? He said it glowed around the area. Periphery. It was huge and bright like the sun. I couldn't focus my eyes. After the UFO left and the power returned, Alvaro took a bus to his father's house. While looking out the window, he saw the UFO again and felt dazed as though he was being called to walk into a nearby field. Eventually, he woke up in the field around a half a mile away with no memory of how he had gotten there. So then he goes and gets hypnotically regressed. Hypnotic regression, y'all. Super skeptical to recover his memory of the experience. Avaro went to a hypnosis session 
and recalled having sex with a naked alien, which he described as tall and plump with light almond-shaped eyes and long silver hair. Her breasts were fuller than the breasts of a female of Earth. Her skin was very light, he said. That was a terrible accent. Of course her boobs were bigger. Why would you why wouldn't you say once again? I just think this is like the whole this is like I it just cracks me up, this whole thing. Her boobs were bigger. They were much fuller than Earth women. <laughs> oh man. Although Alvaro initially felt emotionally confused by his bumping uglies. He claimed that knowing the truth put him at ease. In 1956, Elizabeth Clarer of South Africa claimed to have made contact. In other words, bumped uglies. Got a good doing. From extraterrestrials while in the Dankensburg Mountains. She described how she met Venusians. Oh, that name, Venusians. Venusians is the term they use for Venus. Venusians, so Venus people, peaceful vegetarians who had been watching Earth and were concerned about the violence and brutality on the human race. Why are they vegetarians? Why is that important? How does she how the fuck does she know what they eat? Is that something they said? We're Venusians and vegetarians. I don't know. (laughs) Great show so far. Am I right? Don't let this happen to you. About like 30 to 45 minutes ago, I beat the fuck out of my dick so goddamn hard that I can't even feel my left leg. My left leg has went totally numb and my dick has also went totally numb. To the point where it feels fucking weird when I go and take a piss. Take CBD. Get the best CBD at ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Use promo code UFONO to save 10% on your purchase and help support the show. Elizabeth claims that she was only 10 years old when she first encountered a UFO making telepathic contact with Akon, the being inside her father who also saw the object, speculated that it was a meteor. But Elizabeth replied that it was actually a spaceship that had just deflected a meteor that had been on a collision course with Earth. Really? She also claimed that a Zulu headman told her that she was destined to climb a mountain and have an encounter with heaven dwellers. A tornado had appeared just as the headman was speaking, but a silvery spaceship arrived and gently guided the tornado away from the homestead. Elizabeth claims that aboard the flying saucer, she made love with Akon in his spaceship. Akon! Slim Shady! In his spaceship while Sharon who was another lady aboard a ship, his Akon's shipmate, who came from the civilization located on the seven planets orbiting Proxima Centauri. Akon was a handsome, older man with striking eyes and golden hair. He claimed to be a scientist. Oh, it's all for research. I'm going to fuck you for research. 
He also told her that he had been watching her since she was a child. Creepy, dude. Creepy. And said, we rarely mate with earth women. Mm -hmm. And when we do, we keep the offspring to strengthen our race and infuse new blood. Likely story, Akon. Likely story. I've never done this. We never do this, but I'm taking your kid. She conceived her child, and Akon took it. Baby's name was Ailing. Ailing. Having a baby with a with a cosmic baby with an alien named Akon. Who also happens to put out hit records. Does he do that anymore? I don't know. Anyways, his home planet is on Matan. And supposedly Ailing, their son, visits her occasionally. Oh. Now for the next case. Picture this. She's nine feet tall, has 12 fingers, six on each hand, and braided leg hair. And she wants to play bury the bone with Meng, the Chinese farmer. So they bumped uglies while levitating. No big deal. For about 40 minutes. Damn, Meng. <laughs> Meng... Xiao Giao says he was working outside in Heilongjiang's Wujang in 94 when he saw a metallic shimmering on a mountainside. He went to investigate, believing it was likely a downed helicopter when he blacked out. How frequent are downed helicopters that that's your first thought when you see a light on a mountainside? Odd. When he came to, he was confused, couldn't speak, and was suddenly extremely afraid of anything made of iron. <laughs> what? I didn't believe in aliens before I actually met them. Seeing is believing. We can't explain UFOs and aliens because our technology isn't advanced enough. But that doesn't mean such things don't exist, says Mang. Not in that accent. For sure. The steamy alien on human shag left him with a scar on his thigh. Left there by the alien's savage boning. Savage. I'm not here to judge. But. The one thing I take from all these is that it really it it really sounds like something a 12-year-old boy would think up. And I say that because that's about my maturity level. All right? So I'm right there with this. You heard the things I was giggling about. But I want this to be true. I want to believe there are hot aliens abducting people for a quickie. That's a universe I want to live in. I mean, imagine that. Imagine having a conversation. Hi, 
We're from Alpha Centauri and we're abducting aliens to study pleasure against your will. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. What do you think? Would you uh would you want to be abducted and boned? I mean, let's assume it's in a good way. You know, not like not like blind Mike, poor blind Mike. But like, you know, actually like taken up, romanced. Maybe they throw on some berry white. Maybe they set some mood lighting, some cognac. Hmm. Baby, we gonna do it in the butt. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe it's really romantic. Maybe if you don't fight it. Maybe that's the key. Maybe if like you go up there, you let them romance you, you th- let them woo you a little bit, cover your head to toe in astrogel. Let's do this. Is that your cup of tea? Is that something that would uh, appeal to you? I'm curious. I'm curious what kind of freaks I got listening to my show. Because I don't know, I got to be honest with you, the way it sounds right off the bat, I don't know. I, I wouldn't necessarily be like super opposed. Especially like that, uh, what was a five foot platinum blonde with uh hot pink <laughs> armpit hair and pubes i don't know man i don't know i i'd probably be a little relieved i mean look let, let's let's do a little you know let's do a little um what's the word role play here <laughs> uh i'm delivering a package and i don't know how to pay um no, imagine you're you're waiting, you're covered from head, like the first one we were talking about, where you're covered from head to toe in astrogel and laying there, not knowing what's going to happen. Wondering what's going to walk through the door. Is it going to be something terrible? Is it going to be, is it going to be that forbidden anal probe? Nope. Turns out to be a pretty super sexy cosmic lady. Well, my butthole might not pucker as tight if I see super hot, sexy, cosmic lady walk in all nude and such, as opposed to like, you know, a bunch of tiny gray aliens that are trying to finger my butthole. I'd be a little less likely to squirm if it's the hot lady. Just saying, aliens. Just saying, I'm putting that out in the universe. That's what you got to do, right? You got to put it out there if you if you if you want it. You got to put it out there. All right. If I'm going to get abducted, I'm putting it out to the universe. I want it to be cosmic babes. I don't want it to be tiny gray aliens with uh, loose hands. All right, and elongated fingers. Nope, 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 nope. Don't want that if I got a preference. Once again, putting it out to the universe. And for all those out there speaking to the universe out there in the podcasting universe, thank you all for once again joining me on a on a journey through the weird and the wacky. This one might be a little bit more weird and wacky than you're used to on this show, but it's episode 69. I had to go crazy. This one looks crazy. 
thank you all. Love you all. Been a great show. Um, catch the next one. Come up with a new show every weekend. There's several ways you can support the show. Go on, buy some merch, patreon.com. You could do that. Sign up as a patron. You could donate whatever you want. As little as a buck. Get my loyalty, but you could donate as much as you'd like. Thank you, Aaron. If you made it this far, thank you very much. <laughs> Hope I haven't lost you. Um, anyways, let me know what you think of the show, peeps. I would love to hear, especially this one. I would love to hear how this one hit your ear holes. Uh, let me know what you think. Anyways, with that, I love you all. Have a phenomenal um, weekend and into your next week. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.